intro, intro. What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Play On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and I thank you for joining me again on this podcast. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Dizana. Dizana is a company that produces custom gear along with their own, obviously, but uh, they have a pair of jogger pants out. They have uh, these grind air gloves that I was fortunate enough to wear uh, out at the Living Dead series, and these things are nice, man. They're, they're, They're lightweight. They're breathable. I didn't have a chance to wear the jogger, so I did not wear those, but I have heard nothing but good things, and I saw a bunch of them out there. So uh, they had a nice little booth set up as well, and uh, they had all kinds of products, man. They have, um, let's see, they have headgear, they have the pants, the uh, they have Grind Air jerseys, they have the Grind Air gloves, they have all kinds of casual gear like shirts, tank tops, outerwear. Um, a very cool thing that Dizana does is they do a custom section. So what they'll do is they will... Uh, they have a team of graphic designers that can design something specifically for your team or your individual self. And what they'll do is they'll go through the whole production process with you from design all the way to completion. And if you check out their website, dyzanasports.com, and you go over to the custom section, you'll see exactly how everything is pretty much done along with what they have for all your customization needs from the jogger pants to the tech tees also headband cotton t-shirts poly hoodies snapbacks and beanies make sure you guys check them out dyzana.sports.com if you use the promo code capital t-p-o-p-10 you will get 10 percent off your entire order so make sure you guys check them out again that's d-y-z-a-n-a dyzana sports.com and use a promo code capital TPOP10 for 10% off. This episode is also brought to you by Melovio. I've been saying it for a while, guys. CBD has really changed how I thought about pain relief, about anxiety, about uh, just how I genuinely feel on wellness. And it has not only helped myself out, but I have been pretty much allowing people to try these products. And I've been, I don't want to say I'm converting people, but I'm educating people, I feel. <clears throat> and, excuse me, <clears throat> I am, I'm, a, I'm really helping out because I think there's a, a very big misconception about CBD. And what Melovio has done with their product is it's it's so natural they they make everything themselves and and it, it's all through them there's no third party anything it's it's you know and what's frustrating is a lot of people hear cbd and they think oh well the corner store sells it and this place sells it and this and that. you don't know where any of that stuff is coming from that's the that's the biggest issue is people are getting these contaminated products from wherever the hell they're coming from but with melovio you know it's coming directly from the source and what um what Melovio is doing is they are, especially with their with their honey product, which is helping veterans uh, 
with PTSD and getting them back on their feet and and the proceeds are going back to that to help and it's it's an awesome company it's it's a it's a great couple that are that are running the company and I can't say enough good things about it uh, they have all kinds of products guys from the CBD gummies to the oils the daily wellness oils which I enjoy I actually my father is on that right now helping with with headaches uh, they have capsules they have a my personal favorite the savage salve the uh the 500 and the 250 or 200 and i use that for my knees for aching joints for aching muscles and i i'm telling you this that it is a game changer guys i i promise you i promise you it is a game changer um especially with you know we're paintball players we throw ourselves into the ground over and over again every weekend you need some kind of relief and i'm telling you the uh the, the savage uh salve will do that i'm telling you it will but um but anyway guys make sure you check out their website it's mellovio m-e-l-l-o-v-e-o.com and check out all their products and on top of that if you use the promo code capital t-p-o-p at checkout you will receive 15 percent off your order so make sure you check it out try all their products see what works for you and i guarantee you you will not be let down Again, that's Melavio, <clears throat> our brand, your trust. You, they also have a, a, a superstore in uh, Stephen City, uh, Virginia. So make sure you check it out. It's on their website. Address is on there. Uh, again, M-E-L-L-O-V-O.com. Thank you, Melavio. Uh, and we are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball. The head game master himself. Mike has been pumping out all kinds of amazing stuff. Him and I are actually working on a private run right now. He does such good work, man. I'm telling you, everybody that I, I, I refer him to um, who, who is in the head game uh, shopping thing right now, I'm, I'm telling you, man, everybody has come back and said, dude, the, the quality of this stuff is amazing. And w- what I like also is all the materials that he uses uh, they age really well so you know that whole faded look to it you get it really well obviously you have to wash it the right way and dry it the right way but and use it a hell of a lot but I'm telling you man it, it ages well um, th- there's I haven't had one person tell me that they've had rips or tears or this or that I mean the sewing quality is great the the materials that he uses are amazing they're they're heavy they're nice they're they're like a mix it's it's not too heavy obviously like jeans or some shit on your head but it's it's a nice um it's a heavy feeling material but it is light and it stays tight light and stays tight maybe that could be a thing <laughs> but who knows but that's one of the most annoying things is when you when you wrench on your headband and then it just comes loose you're like oh my god come on but when you tighten on that thing and it just stays oh so nice but anyway uh, make sure you check him out charm city paintball on facebook and instagram and he has all kinds of uh of product out there right now uh he has designer like fabrics he has recognizable camo patterns and he mixes it up all the time he's always getting new stuff in so make sure you hit him up make sure you hit him up 
do it, do it, do it. Facebook at Charm City Paintball. Um, Facebook.com slash Charm City Paintball. Uh, and Instagram, Charm City Paintball as well. So thank you guys. Um, this episode, I was fortunate enough to sit down with one of the killers in the game who's been at it since day one. If you pre- if you, if, if you uh, if you enjoy stories like this, it's crazy, man. And, and obviously, he's going to tell it. But, dude, he started from, like, he was in it to win it from the beginning. And uh, it was, I'm very surprised to hear. Not even, no, honestly, not really. Because the dude's a killer, man. And I think he's one of the most underrated players. Um, uh, he He's just, I mean, not amongst his peers, everybody knows he's a killer. But, you know, he just doesn't get the the huge publicity like, uh, like a lot of players do. But... He's, uh, he is one, for me, one of the main reasons why X-Factor is such a, a powerhouse at the moment and have always kind of been in the mix. Um, and and he's, he's a great guy, and I can't say enough great things about him. So uh, so here we go. Here we go. Here is the podcast with Colt Roberts. What's up, brother? Same shit, different day, homie. Mm. Just working, living the dream, you? Same thing. Trying to figure out how to uh, be a productive father and also yeah. work and everything, handle everything else, do a podcast. And, and paintball. Dude, fuck. Well, not so much paintball anymore. Should but, be. Dude, I know. I know, I know. Infamous needs you. Yeah, I, I would love to play, but I literally have no time. Like, I, I don't have time off work to do it. Yeah. And especially with World Cup, it's like, what, one an extra, a whole extra day that of playing, and I, I just can't do it. Yeah, that sucks. I'd love to. Yeah, I feel you, dude. I feel well, you. I mean, what is it? Has it changed a lot in the past couple of years as far as uh, technicality from player to player? I mean, do you think? I mean, where, where do you think the caliber of player is right now compared to, let's say, five years ago? Much stronger. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think um, you're seeing a lot of the same faces, but uh, I think everybody's just refined so much. Um, man, it's just it's tough now. It's tough. I, I, I was just watching a video the other day of us like seven, eight years ago, and I was like, man, we didn't look good back then. You know, even <laughs> you, like I watched some of the Russian clips back when they were dominating. I'm like, man, they mm-hmm. don't look great then. But they were dominating everybody, so I yeah. think that I think that the level's gone up quite a bit. What do you think outside looking in? I think it's 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 so technical. I think there's and I, I but I think it's a double edged sword, right? I, I think there's I think there's still dynamic moves being made, but at the same time, I feel like you still have those games where it's like two to three, one to two, yeah. where yeah, it's like yeah. nobody wants to do anything. But then you have games where it's seven one, or you know six nine or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You have those games, but it's, it, it's tough. And I, I, you know, we, we've always said like, well, it depends on the field and this and that, but I, I feel like paintball players, they, they adapt so well that I feel like it doesn't really matter what the field is. The players will, they'll find the seams. They'll, you know, they'll know the bunkers to go to, to lock it down, cross it up, whatever needs to happen. But I think there's always a, um, how do I want to say this? There's always a, there's always a seam to be had, and there's always a, a, a cross up to be had. So I think for any field, I feel. Yeah. Because I'm, I remember, I, where was it? I think it was 2014 
mid-Atlantic Open or something like that where everybody was like, oh, this field is going to be you know super slow and this and that. And then you have teams that are just like they found it, whatever it was, and they found it and they were just running down the field when everybody else is just kind of sitting back and crossing up in those cans and shit that were back there. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, you guys have kind of found your stride. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time, man. I mean, yeah. It's it's one thing like if you go out there and you just are getting you know the break speed off of you and it's just like man we just we're not good enough right we can't win but mm-hmm. then when you're making man I even remember what it was fourteen tournaments in a row we made Sunday or something nuts <laughs> and you know multiple second places multiple thirds and fourths and it's just like we're right there and we cannot close the door and yeah. so that's more frustrating than just getting your ass kicked the whole time in my opinion oh absolutely it's got to be it's got to be super frustrating because you guys. What I mean, you you've always been a caliber team, one hundred percent. But for some reason, the Sunday bug was always just so strong that you guys couldn't either something would happen and either in quarterfinals or in semifinals or something, it was just would not come together. And it seems right. like you guys have just you you have found that cake batter that is so smooth that everybody just loves to taste. And it's I don't know if it's a combination of the new players that came on. Or if it's just you know you and and uh, Archie and every everybody all the old click has kind of found their new stride, yeah. You know, or if it, it's probably a combination of both. I think so. I think that uh, I think we're deeper now um, than than we've ever been. We're getting production out of those you know second tier players that aren't necessarily starters, but you know now they're up there fighting for those starting spots and they're playing great. And mm-hmm. so. I think that's keeping everybody fresher. You know, we've been we've been running a lot of rotations as opposed to other teams seem to be going to the like one dominant line thing. And you know, we'll do that if we need to. Right. But if people are producing, I mean, people are playing. Yeah. And it's keeping us more fresh than we used to be. It used to be, you know, you run the five same guys over and over and over, and then come you know second third match on Sunday, we're just I just don't think we had the edge that some other teams that were a little deeper than us had. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that that's kind of what's helped us quite a bit. Yeah. Do, as far as a a separation of of teams, because you've been, I mean, for the for a while now, you've been seeing the same teams at the at the top level. What do you think that separation is is due to? Um, I don't know to be honest with you. Maybe it's somewhat to do with the fact that like your higher caliber teams are kind of sticking with the other higher caliber teams for practices and training sessions. Mm. Um. You know, so for one of these other teams, and also funding, right? So, yeah. you know, a lower tier team may not have the budget to go fly out and practice Dynasty or fly out and practice Impact or, you know, one of the top tier teams, while the top tier teams have the budget to do so. And so we're constantly all practicing each other and getting better. And I think it's kind of left the other pack behind, honestly. Yeah. See, I always thought about that too. Like in, in any other sport, like especially the, you know, NHL, football, whatever, you, you know, Major League Baseball. Yeah, I think about it. I was like, they never. I mean, besides preseason, they never really. They never scrimmage anybody hardly. They they they're no. always practicing themselves, and they're, you know, they they are who they are, and they have to get better amongst the group that they have. And I always wondered with paintball why it couldn't be like that. Why it was so potent to go and practice other high caliber pro teams in order to get better, and why it couldn't be just kind of win within kind of a thing and just practice from within and, and get better and, and between the players. But it just seems well, the field changes, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's the whole gig. It's like, it's not the same playing field, you, you know, in football, 
you're playing on the same terrain the entire time. So I think a lot of it is to do with the mindset of like you want to see maybe what other minds of the game are going to think on this particular field. And so mm-hmm. you're like reaching to play another pro team. Like, because how many times have you done something like that where you had like an inner squad or something on a field and then you get another team comes in for practice, like a pro team, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're beating the shit out of you and you're like, oh my God, I right. really thought we had this figured out. And then these dudes are just completely shitting on us right now. So yeah. it's kind of a shocker. And I think that teams now are more like, well, let's just play some other teams and see what they do. And then kind of adapt our style off of what's good from them and what's what's good from us. You know what I mean? Right. I think that happens quite a bit. And, and he- we've been practicing heat a lot. Yeah, and they've been giving us great looks. You know, they beat us pretty good this past practice right before the event. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, man, you know, they kicked the shit out of us on Saturday. Right. They won a vast majority of points and they were playing, you know, hyper aggressive, getting up in the snake, doubling the snake. And they're just way more the aggressor. And so come Sunday, we're like, we can't let them just be up in our shit the whole time. Like right. we've got to get to these spots and at least challenge them and see what happens. And we learned that like that's the aggressive style that's going to play on that field. And then they did well and we did well. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, other team practice was infamous and then again Sunday team you know what I mean yep and it's cool too because it, I think it makes the, the victories or even the, the Sunday showings that much sweeter when you have a dog shit <laughs> weekend before the tournament practice right. and then you show up and you're like oh okay everybody showed up that's great let's go to, right. let's keep going to work well and then we even practiced um, Thursday at the event who we play um, oh we played damage and they were mm-hmm. just roughing us up too on Thursday and we're like yeah you know what I mean? Just kind of like in the back of your mind a little bit, kind of like, ah, this yeah. isn't good. What's, you know? <laughs> what's your take on Thursday practices? Do you think it's do you think it's beneficial or do you think it's kind of a kind of a risk to throw, you know, even to play a, a half a, a half a match, like throwing your players out there on the ground, getting beat up for another day? I mean, what, what's your take on it? I don't know. I'm 50 50. I, I don't love it. <laughs> We never really play well at those, and don't I don't think we take it super seriously. I think everybody says that too. Yeah. Nobody really, play, nobody really yeah, plays but, well. But I do like it because you kind of shake the rust off, right? You get right. your gun out, you get to go out there, and run around a little bit, and it's kind of like a you know like a t-shirt practice in football, or like you know right. shoulder pads and shorts. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's kind of half speed, but you kind of get to shake it out a little bit. And I think I do like that aspect of it. But you're right. I mean, it, it can be dangerous for players to get injured or. I mean, even given a look, right? Mm. And maybe how you're lining up a team scouting you or something. So, you yeah. know, those things do happen. Because I was just talking about this on the. Uh, so I did a podcast last night with a, a friend of mine, and we we actually did just a con- we watched Sunday Drivers and we did like a commentary over it. Okay. And um, it, it, I can't wait. To, I'm going to release it tonight, and um, we're going to do one with like some jawbreakers and some dirter videos, and we're, we're going to do it with a bunch. So it's going to be like push. A whole, yeah, uh, yeah, push. push. We're gonna do push. I love push. Okay. And um, and we were talking about it a little bit. Like I, I kind of brought the fact that, you know, we say that paintball is the is the safest sport that you can play, which I think is just a crock of shit. Like thinking about it, I'm like, it's not really because, you know, we're always throwing our bodies into the ground, mm-hmm. and I think about how many people just suck it up and they don't say anything about their injuries. And how much you like your knees are hurting and your shoulders are shit, but nobody yeah. really like says like, oh, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm injured. But right. um, I was like, man, dude, paintball is rough on your body. And I think that that kind of correlates back into the whole Thursday thing of sometimes, man, it, it what I was always afraid of on Thursday practices was tweaking something that might have been kind of nagging at me in the back of my head, um, like. Because you see it all the time. You see guys walk off and their their shoulders out of socket, or or uh, you know they they're limping off because they twisted an ankle going to a corner. Because you know God knows that these uh, these fields 
anywhere on the field. Level. Ex- not level. Perfect. Could be a giant rock that nobody found. There could be a divot that. Well, Doesn't it's like uh, the World Cup fields. You know, by Sunday, you're you're running into divots going into the corner, and Never the ground happened. is so it's so squirrely that it's just lush and beautiful. Oh, it's great the first day. until it rains like 10 minutes into the first day and then it's mudded ruts everywhere well it's so what do you prefer i mean because you guys play on on 800 degree turf down in texas uh Mm. do do you prefer grass or do you prefer turf i think the turf yeah definitely turf yeah i mean there are some differences to it like you said that does get hot so your feet are on fire but I mean, it stays consistent. If it rains, then it's perfect. Like you have no problem on it, right? You just yeah. slide a little bit further. But I definitely prefer the turf. It's, uh, I think it's a little bit safer too. I remember the year that I played for you guys uh, when I would go corner or go anywhere, and I stopping myself. I yeah. would literally melt my cleats going to the mm-hmm. corner trying to stop yeah. myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't. It gets hot out there. <laughs> so let's let's kind of talk about that. Let's let's talk about um, kind of your history with the game. Uh, where you started, how X Factor came about, and how professional paintball player Colt Roberts came about, and um, let's kind of go to the very beginning. Where where did you discover paintball at? I mean, I've always I've played all the sports in high school, so I've always been like an athletic person, and um, yeah. I've always shot guns and and had interest in that kind of stuff, and I always thought laser tag was pretty cool. I played that a few times, and I'd always wanted to play paintball, but it was one of those things that it, I just didn't ever get exposed to right i was Mm -hmm. like oh that looks cool but i never got invited to a party or anything like that so uh graduated high school about 18 and i was like got a little bit of money in my pocket and one of my buddies like brought it up he's like hey dude we should go play paintball and i was like oh that's all i needed right so i'm (laughs) on it right yeah yeah. and and so all this group of friends from high school is like hey we're all gonna go buy guns and go out and play and all this stuff and so man i'm chomping at the bit that weekend i go out i buy me a spider 2000 tank Mm -hmm. 16 inch arms and stealth rifle barrel I was ready to go, right? Oh, yeah. I was excited. And then, you know, I kept pinging my buddies like, hey, when you guys want to go, when you want to go, and just like nobody got any stuff. Nobody was like trying to make anything happen. And I'm just like, man, I got to go play. Yeah. So I went back to the store that I bought my first marker from. And I talked to a guy. His name is Lauren uh, Terrell. We called him Biggie. He played on my first paintball team, coincidentally. <laughs> but I was like, hey, dude, um, you know, I bought all this equipment. I want to go play, but none of my friends bought equipment. Where do you play? He's like, oh, there's this field, Lone Star Paintball, um, down south of San Antonio. Uh, he's like, we're there Saturday and Sunday. So I'm like, perfect. So I show up Saturday at like 8, 8.30, just ready to play. Oh, it was Sunday morning, actually, 8 or 8.30. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember the first thing I noticed was I see Dixon, his cousin Stephen Huey, and a guy named Smokey, and they're all Asian. And so when I walk up, the first thing I see at the field is like, I mean, there's three Asians. And I'm like, there's hardly any Asians in San Antonio. They're all playing paintball. Like, this is like an Asian-dominated sport, right? Yeah. And, the, and the guy that I bought it from was Hawaiian, too. So I'm like, I'm just this little white boy coming into this, like, That's Asian-dominated so sport. It was funny. <laughs> but I show up, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm here to play. And he's like, oh, dude, it's team practice on Sunday mornings, and we don't open to open until noon. Yeah. He's like, but you're welcome to come play with us if you want to. And I'm like sure why not so like they had the airball field set up with the uh, uh the old hoses you know like yeah. connected to all the so spots. you got thrusted into the the tournament game right away. right away first day yeah wow. first day so i go out there and they're playing five on five you know five man type thing on airball and it's my very first experience and you know i kind of went out there and i kind of had a knack for it you know i just mm-hmm. naturally kind of understood what to do yeah that lose you carl no you're still there did you lose me 
I still got you. Maybe. I'm still here. Okay, there you are. I'm well, still here. For a long time. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so anyway, yeah, so I, I jumped out there and, and kind of had a knack for it. and. Mm-hmm. Um, end of the day came and y'all you know, I was having a blast and the, the owner of the field came by and he was like, Hey, uh, I got a tournament next weekend and there's a guy that just moved here from the military and another guy that had been dying to get a team together. And you look like you kind of play pretty good. Do you want to jump on this team and play a three man tournament the next weekend? Right. This, this is, is your first, first time first playing game, and, first time and playing. it just, you have a knack for it. Yeah, I just I kind of I played a lot of video games, a ton of video games. So I <laughs> I can tell by your chair and your headphones. Oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just like I understood the concept of attack and yeah. like positioning and whatnot. And so I played this three man. It was called Win Your Way to Mardi Gras. It was a three man rookie Ooh. tournament. Yeah, and if you won, you got your entry and like so much paint paid at the Mardi Gras event. And so we got this this three man team. Um, and we didn't have a team name, obviously, so he put down like TBA to be announced mm-hmm. as our team name, and we all thought it was, oh yeah, we should keep that so cool, so, so ironic, yeah. yeah, it's so neat, <laughs> right? Oh, it's so cool. And so we played as TBA in this Win Your Way to Mardi Gras tournament, and ended up taking second place. Oh. And it's like, oh dude, like this is a good little click, right? Yeah. So we started playing the local three man series. There's a thing called the SA Three Man that traveled around to all the fields in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and it was like a three man tournament. In the end, you got like a serious cup. It was a pretty cool little concept. And so we played all those as uh, TBA. We played the GTS series down here when it was run by uh, Rabakov and then a series called the PAX. And, you know, so I played on that team in rookie and then we bumped up the novice quickly because back then it was rookie, novice, amateur, and then professional is what we would mm-hmm. call it at the time. Which it should be. Yeah, right. Take it and back. And so <laughs> we um, – yeah, so we won that SA three man series and like the the team that was playing at that field was Fuel and that was Dixon Yang and Big and all the guys and they were kinda like, you know, the good team and we were just the rookie team or whatever yeah. in their in their shadow. And so I always wanted to play for that team because I looked up to them. I was like, Man, these guys are so good and you know, they taught me a ton of stuff and I kinda learned how to play from them. And then next thing you know, man, they're like, Hey dude, it's time. So they picked me and another guy on my team up and we played on Fuel was the name of the team, and we started mm-hmm. playing uh, amateur locally. So I've been playing about six months at this time. We started playing amateur locally Jesus. and AMB and 10-man. So in six months, I'm already playing national events. Holy which, shit, dude. That's crazy. That's so that's so nuts just thinking about like the process of when you know, people actually get into the sport. Like mm-hmm. Normally, normally there's some kind of an introduction into, like, yeah, you have the birthday party and everything, but you don't really – I feel like nobody really gets the concept right away. And I feel like you just kind of, but I, I can see it. You know, I, I was forced into it too, right? Exactly. Like I'm seeing what these guys are doing because I, I always like to watch. I've always learned from watching. <sighs> yeah. So I'm just watching how these go, what these guys are doing, and it's like, man, it's like when you think about it, it's an easy game. You know, mm-hmm. game of angles, get up the field, shoot somebody in the side. You know, it, it, you could just understand how I could see how it was working, and so yeah. learning right off the go the techniques. I never got in the rec ball mode ever. You know what I mean? I was straight up tournament paintball, boom, right there. And learning from the guys that were the best in San Antonio at that time. Yeah, what an introduction, dude! I, can't, I that's so that's so crazy to think about because there's there's so many different ways that you could have you you could have gotten into it, and I think it would have took that much longer. And it's it's crazy too thinking about how you how you got in and right away went to everything. And it, I think it kind of just brushed and and molded your character of of this front attacker kind of 
player who has the smarts of a bat guy. And, well, I'll say it right now, dude. I, I think you're one of the most underrated players in the league who does the most damage. And I, I, I don't – I really don't think that people – they, people know your name, obviously, but I really, mm-hmm. I, I think you're one of the most underrated players, dude. I, I think your, your skill set is amazing. Your, your, uh, capabilities on the paintball field of not only field awareness but just basic fucking fundamentals are are outstanding. And I'm not, I'm not trying to fucking stroke you off or anything. I'm just saying, like, I've, no, I've like wanted to, <laughs> I've wanted to talk to you for a while because you know it's it's your sto- your story. I want to know your background. Because I always knew who you were, and finally to be able to kind of hear a little bit of, of obviously we're gonna go more into it, but um, it makes so much sense thinking about it, and it's just me, my fucking my train of thought, you know, going it through yeah. it. But it's 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 so cool to hear. I'm sorry. Uh, continue with your. Oh no, no, uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. That's a, and and I do hear it from my peers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not, you know, winning the golden barrel. Not I'm not winning any of this stuff. Style and I'm not on the magazine covers, but it's never been about that for me. It's yeah. not. It's like I'm a competitor. And I like to challenge myself and have fun, right? And so that's what I'm doing. And if yeah. people like what I do, sweet. If people think I'm good, awesome. I mean, my career has proven that I'm good. I know that in my own heart, so right. I, it doesn't really matter to me. And my peers think so, so that's, that means more than anything. But, um, yeah, as far as attacking, that's how I grew up. Like, this Team Fuel with Dixon and these guys, like, they were just all front players. So mm-hmm. it was like five dudes constantly just boom, 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 like in the 50s, in the 50s. And I love that because yeah. I was like – that's so cool and you have these other teams that are sitting in the back hiding and I'm like man that pussy's back there hiding and shit <laughs> and so we had like the best front guys in Texas yeah. hands down and um, you know at that time there was teams like Mox Knicks which played nationally there's a team called Addicted which you've mm-hmm. definitely heard of I'm sure yep. um, Brotherhood Texas Storm I mean it was Texas was hot back then too we had some really really good teams and so like we had the best front guys in the game these other teams if they beat us they beat us because they had more experience in the back. But as far yeah. as front guys go, like we had the we had the fucking crew, and so we started playing ten man. Like we we were a five man team at first, and then we started gathering a few more players. Started playing ten man at the national level. Uh, didn't have a ton of success. I mean, we finished probably middle of the pack most of the time. We did mm-hmm. okay, um, but locally, like at the amateur level, we were just we were beaten. A lot of people were playing really good, and it's about six months into my career, and then um, obviously the top name teams at that point are starting to look right. They're like, Oh, Oh, these guys are good. They're good. Yep. Starting to beat us, you know? And so they're wanting to like just cherry pick. And so, um, I'm gonna have to tell the raw truth. Cause that's all I know. So Dixon <laughs> was on my team and I love Dixon like a brother. He's one of my best friends. And Shout fantastic out to Dixon. Guy, for sure. Um, he was on my team fuel. Right. And I always looked up to this dude and like, I loved how he played and I, he kind of molded me to where I wanted to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're playing, and a tournament's coming up. It's, um, oh, let me go back to this. So, yeah, we had a 10-man tournament coming up, right? And it was Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. And we had played the first couple events. And all of a sudden, like, people were like, well, I don't have money to go. And I don't have money to go. Boom, boom, boom. And so next thing you know, we had five guys or six guys that could go. And we're like, well, we're going to go play five-man. And so we literally drove from San Antonio all the way to Atlantic City in two cars one of them being a standard, and of course, magically, only two of us, me included, knew how to drive a standard, supposedly. Yeah. So we had double shift. This was like a 28-hour drive for us. So we get there, right? And we pull up to a city park or like a county park or natural park or something. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, well, what are we doing here? And they're like, oh, well, we're camping. And I'm like, what? Like, nobody <laughs> told me we're camping. So I have no sleeping bag. I have no tent. I have nothing. And yeah. I'm like, what in the freak is this, dude? Like, camping? We just drove 30 hours and now we're camping. And so, I, you know, Dixon let me bunk with him and we woke up and we're all wet from dew all over us. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up taking second of that event to the PJ All-Stars. So that was fun. That's just a little side note. But anyway, yeah. back to the story. So we're getting good, right? And people are noticing. Well, all of a sudden, Addicted um, reaches out to Dixon and Steven, the, the two cousins. And we were supposed to play an event down here, uh, South Padre Island GTS or PAX or whatever the series was at the time. And all of a sudden, Dixon can't play and Steven can't play because they didn't have money. They said they didn't have money to play. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever. So weekend comes, we don't go because we don't put a team in. We don't have money to play, right? Right. Well, I get a call from some of my buddies and like, oh, hey, guess who's down here in South Padre? I'm like, who's that? And they're like, Steven and Dixon. I was like, what are they doing there? They're playing with Addicted. And I'm like, oh, dude, like I felt so betrayed, like completely betrayed. Like you couldn't play with your own team, but now you're over here and you're playing with another team and you you couldn't even tell me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm instantly, I'm hurt, dude. I'm hurt by it. And so I'm like, cool, whatever, because Texas Storm, Ryan Gray, had already been kind of like talking to me, and I was like, no, nah, I'm with my team or whatever. Yeah. And the second I found out they're down there, I called them. It's like, yep. yeah, I, I called <laughs> Texas Storm right away. And I took my buddy Waylon with me, and they're like, yeah, come on. So this is about six to eight months in my career, so I'm going to play for Texas Storm, Jeez. which is you know a premier team in Texas at the time. Yeah. And they're going to play for Addicted. So it was just kind of like the split, and the team fell apart. Mm. So that's when I go play for Texas Storm, and we, you know, started playing open X ball with all the heavy hitters, and had some success there. Won some seven mans, and yeah, did that for like, man, I played for them for probably about a year, I would say. Yeah. And yeah, we did we did relatively good, and Dixon went and played, and Steve went and played to, with Addicted, and of course, obviously, we've made up since then. And, whatever we've talked about it so it's obviously water under the bridge but um did you play against them at that time at all oh they, yeah yeah oh yeah bitter rivals yeah <laughs> texas storm and addicted before even this happened were already rivals right mm. and so now then we have this rivalry a little fuel on the fire oh for sure yeah and they were they were good so we we would go toe to toe and blow for blow and now it lasted for a pretty good while um i think i played for texas storm for about a year year and a half um yeah, it was a year and a half because about two years of my career is when I first get my chance to actually go play on a pro team. So we had this thing in Texas called the uh, North Texas versus South Texas All-Star Match. And every year they would have best players from South Texas voted on, best players from North Texas voted on, and we would do this like All-Star Match at one of the big tournaments. <laughs> and um, it got to a point where like Rich and Gerald Garcia were playing pro at that time and Blake Pruitt and they were all like North guys, right? So mm-hmm. it started just not not being super competitive. And so they're like, okay, well we're gonna bring in like an outside pro, right? And so they would bring a, a pro in from the outside somewhere to play on on our team to kind of help us out even the playing field a little bit. Yeah. Well, one year they bring Dave Baines down. And at this time he's captain of Cat Factory, or not Cat Factory, Avalanche at the time. Yeah. The new Avalanche. And um, so he was our kind of like guest player and we played this North Texas versus South Texas all-star match. And he's like, Hey dude, you're, you're pretty good, man. I want to see if you want to come out and, and play with the guys and try it out. 
And so, you know, I talked to the Storm guys. I was like, look, dude, this is my opportunity to possibly go play, you know, pro at World Cup. How do you guys feel about it? They were all supportive and like, dude, you got to go try out. And yeah. so I went and tried out, made the squad, and played uh, that World Cup with them. 2004? I think it was 2000. Yeah, it would have been 2004. We played the Russians that year, I remember. That was my first event with Excessive. Okay, right on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that, that was cool. my pro debut as that event. Yeah, and so that that was uh, kind of where it started. You know, thinking about it now, I think I do remember seeing some kind of footage of you going, looking back, playing on, playing on Avalanche. Yeah, going to the X probably because they probably. sent me up. The <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Go up the middle, go up the middle, kill people." Yeah, but so that's cool. kind of how you're. That's from from there. How did you end up on? Let's see. So if that's 2004, mm-hmm. how long did you play with them for? One event, only one event, one event. What uh, yep. what what happened? So uh, Ed Porman at that time was kind of like pulling out of the game a little bit, and he was their main sponsor. So I talked to David at the end of the year. He's like, "Hey man, it was great to have you. Sorry this was short lived. Um, it looks like we're not gonna have a team next year." And I'm like, "Oh, you know, <laughs> shit, that was sweet, yeah. pro." And then that's it, right? Dreams crushed. And I was like, "You know, it is what it is." Well, this whole time while I'm doing this, you know, I'm playing for Texas Storm and while I'm playing for Avalanche, um, X Factor is forming, right? And it's mm-hmm. Alex and he's got all these little kids and they're like, you know, I say kids are, you know, 14, 15, 16 year old, you know, and I was not a whole lot older, but I was a little bit older. I was 22, 23. And, um, so how old are you? I am 37 now. Jesus Christ. You play like a fucking 20 year old. I appreciate that. I don't feel like it afterwards. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But um, so I'm coaching all these kids, right? And these kids are nasty. Like they're aggressive and, and they're so raw and they don't know any better. So they're just yeah. ignorant to what I'm telling them. And all thrust. Go to their 40. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just all thrust, dude. Like go to their 40, dive in, you shoot this way. Okay. You know what I mean? They just yeah. think I'm so cool. And so I'm having to do all this crazy shit and they were playing really good. And so they ended up, well, I'll tell you this story too. I remember the very first time I coached them in X ball. So they had played a couple 10 man events one year. Um, like I think two events and they didn't do well, but Alex is like, we're going to go D three X ball. We're just going to try it out. And that was the bottom division at the time. Like, yeah. We're just going to try it out. I want you to train us and help us out. No problem. So I'm training them or whatever. We go to the very first event, right? And I'm playing with storm. So the first match that they played, um, I had a turn. I had a match at the same time, so I couldn't go coach them. <clears throat> so here they are at their very first event, very first X ball game. They go out and play a team, and this is back in the old double elimination bracket days. I don't remember if you remember those, but wasn't it you just play like three games in a day or some shit, right? Easily, you could yeah. play four or five games if <laughs> I could, right? and that and, and old school X ball too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, God, dude, that was so. so there's a, played so much paintball back then uh, at time. a tournament. Yeah. And it's D3, so there's just a million teams, right? Because everybody <laughs> signs up for D3. <clears throat> so I go play my first match, whatever, go and check in with the guys. I'm like, so how'd it go? And they're just, you know, all pouting around and, you know, not good. And he's like, yeah, we got to be like seven, like seven or eight to one. Like they just got yeah. obliterated, right? I'm like, okay, whatever. So that automatically gives them a loss. Very first match. And so it knocks them in the loser's bracket yep. right away. And it's like, okay, well, now you are. It's double elimination, so you're sudden death the whole time. You can never lose. And you got to fight your way from the bottom bracket all the way through this tournament and beat all these, you know, single loss teams that are coming down out of the winner's bracket the mm-hmm. whole way through. 
And so that's what we did. We just started going and we're just like winning, winning, coaching, I'm coaching. I think Storm, we got knocked out, so I wasn't playing anymore. Just coaching all and we're winning, we're winning. We just keep winning. And the next thing you know, we're in the finals against the team that beat them eight to one the first match wow and i was like dude we're gonna kick their asses don't you guys <laughs> worry we're gonna go out there and kick the shit out of them and sure enough dude these boys came out fired they were hot they beat them like eight or nine to one like reversed the score completely won the tournament so they won their first d3 x-ball tournament damn and it was like wild so they played that whole season d3 and that was 2004 i believe as well mm-hmm and so that's right as uh, Avalanche is falling apart, if you will. Um, and they just won D3. So Alex comes to me. He's like, hey, well, what do you think about this? What if you come play with us and we'll bump all the way to D1? Because I'm ranked pro, but I can play one division down, which was D1 at the time. Right. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So I jump on after their second year of playing tournament paintball period. They jump from D3 champions all the way up to Division One, and I come on the team. And we pick up like Dixon and a couple other the guys that were playing on Addicted or these other random teams at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, boom, we played Division One X Ball that first first year. We uh, we won the series. We won Division One series. And um, I was like, all right, cool. I've already played Divisional Paintball. I'm ready to go pro now. Like I, I you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. was there. I'm not there anymore. Played D one. We just won the series. Let's go. Time to bump up. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. They didn't want to do it, right? Like, the kids weren't ready. They're just like, in their mind, they didn't think that they could do it. Sure. And I was like, dude, you guys can do it. I'm telling you, I've been there. Let's go. Nope, 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 whatever. I was like, okay, well, just to be real, I'm going to go, I'm going to go find, find a pro team because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to play pro. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, we understand. So that's when I, um, I talked to uh, Rocky with the Naughty Dogs. And I was like, okay, <clears throat> what's up, Rocky? You know, he's like, hey, dude, yeah, would love to have you. Come try out with the team. Went and tried out. Played good, no problems. Boom, you're on the team. Okay, so I start playing that season. I played uh, with the Naughty Dogs, and you know we had some success. Some success. Um, we won the uh, Smart Parts World Championship. I was going to ask you about that, dude. That was so cool. awesome. You played in that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so. It was, uh, yeah, it was a cool, pretty cool tournament. It was different mm-hmm. than I envisioned. But it was cool, nonetheless. Yeah, it was we cool. Won. It was cool because it was like it had that feeling of like, yeah, we're just here to play paintball. But then, right. like when it came down to it, and like oh, the yeah. game started, you're like, no, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, no. yeah, yeah. I got super serious. Real it quick. was so fun, dude. But it was dark in there, and like I didn't mm-hmm. know indoor paintball. Like that's not a thing in Texas. You don't play indoors, yeah. right? We're year around here, and so it was like tough the to lighting, hear too. Yeah, tough to hear. Tough. The lighting was tough. And then the weird music they were playing in the intermissions. <laughs> the, uh, the the start boxes and I thought the pits and the start boxes were pretty good. Like as, yeah, as far as like having the having the clear glass on the start boxes and everything. I think it I think it, it felt pretty good as far as that goes. But everything else is yeah, yeah indoor paintball. Like and the field, since we couldn't have the X, which was like the pinnacle of X ball at the time. Yeah. Since that was a copyrighted thing. What, we had that cans yeah they just made the cans like in an x yeah form, like a circle like, right? or something uh, yeah yeah it was it was kind of goofy and I, I i wish i could have been in the room when like after everything was done when uh after everything was done and then like the the owners of the hotel the casino or hotel came in like looked around they're like jesus christ we're never having this thing here again <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like oh, that was a mistake i feel like that's and everybody it- after like we get done with an event 
like they're always like jesus christ dude yeah, like this, <laughs> the fields are always just torn to shit and just different colors and yeah. i don't know how people let us back yeah i don't either must pay a lot of money for it or something <laughs> yeah, dude, that's something <laughs> and the it was crazy it was too it's like you thought there'd be people at that mohegan sun thing and it's like dead silent crickets there. There nobody you know yeah. like, oh my god it's empty and you just hear echo there's people yelling and guns shooting and it's like oh it's so loud in here and yeah it was weird it was kind of alien like you're playing i don't know it was really strange to me yep. yeah i remember doing the lineups and then the camera you know they're like just say say like a yeah, word do just cool. say, say something. Yeah, you know uh. <laughs> yeah. i remember uh, who was it i think it was davy williamson he like put water in his mouth and like spit it up in the air like a wrestler like <laughs> it was insane man it was good and that was let's see russians played there or no yeah yeah, yeah. russians yeah, played russians play. um you guys played yeah we played you guys played cases, which was like new york extreme <laughs> you guys had uh what's his face the josh um, davy yeah josh davy and then you but you also had uh who's the guy with the dreads or hector cordova hector that's right yeah i just saw josh davy at the last event by the way really Completely random, yeah. I was like, holy shit, Josh Davey. What's up, dude? What is he up to? Well, about 6'4", and talking like a Canadian, like always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, he's working, I guess, you know? And he yeah. just came down for the visit, check out what the what the Impact Boys, but... Yeah, he was yeah. one of those guys, too, who, who was really tall and lanky, but could get yeah. super small and sneaky. Right. Yeah. yeah, he was a good player. Josh a really good player, actually. Yeah. Um, Strange played that, too. Yep. Yeah, how how many teams were there? Eight, I feel, or ten. I think it was like yeah, eight or ten. I remember our paint was god awful. Like they sent <laughs> us this rec ball paint, and it's like <laughs> we're playing. I don't remember who we're playing the first match. Maybe like I know I think we played the Russians the first match. Man, mm-hmm. It's hard to remember, but we lost, and we we're just bouncing the shit out of people. Like it's so bad. It was that old. Um, I don't want to say the brand, but let's just say it was a clear shell. And it had a super fluorescent fill in it, right? Clear shell. Clear shell, right. Which is, you know, right away, that's not tournament paint. <laughs> this is like rec ball paint. Yeah. It was, it was clear shell with a, like a fluorescent yellow fill or something. And we just could not win. And we're like, dude, we're just petitioning all the teams. Like, please, can we buy paint from you guys? And so the New York Aces, we played them the second match. And they actually sold us paint. And we ended up beating them. And they're like, oh, we should have sold you that paint, right? <laughs> but we used the, the better paint the whole time and ended up winning the thing. Yeah. It's funny how something like that just changes the whole kind of just feel. You know, how much more confidence goes into players and teams when you're actually shooting people off the break. And, I, oh, you know, yeah. I, tell, I tell so many people, even at the clinics that I do, I was like, I, I don't, I don't want to stress this enough, or I, I, I can't stress this enough, of how key it is to just do laning drills and be able to shoot people off the break. I mean, it, it, I think that number one thing changes a match if you guys oh, yeah. guys guys who are on point who can shoot one or two guys every single point oh my god yes it's huge yeah especially if you can shoot like a wide guy on a tape because a lot of times the way they set these fields up it's like if you get wide and you can trap people in those slot bunkers it's it's so bad and a yeah. lot of fields have been that way so if you can shoot that wide dude and get your guy out alive yeah it's a humongous advantage sometimes yeah. it, that's a win condition a lot of times mm-hmm and then throw some, uh, you know, throw paint that's shooting straight as an arrow. It's like, oh, it's, yeah, it feels and so breaking good. and marking. Yeah, dude, when yeah, when you're when you get to an event, like especially f- like at least for aftershock, when you know, when you go from shooting a group of like this 
mm-hmm. to like you go to a tournament and you play your first match and your grouping is like this you're like oh this feels so much better it is it oh, it's is. such a relief and at icc we got to shoot like pink phil and i was like oh my god like, yeah. you forget how awesome pink phil is so you shoot somebody it just explodes everywhere and you can see it from a mile away and you're like that dude's dead dude stain the fuck out of everything oh yeah my hands were so pink great. for like a week me too it's worth it though my whole yeah. face is oh i loved pink. it i'm like i don't care mm-hmm. to inflict that kind of punishment on people i'll take a little bit of that i'm good with that yeah yeah but I yeah, wish we could good. shoot it now, but we can only shoot yellow in NXL, which is like the worst fill. My favorite color, worst fill. Yeah, yeah. I I really like the um. I like the orange fill. I think the orange fill is orange pretty good too. Orange and pink is really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I'd I'd be happy with either one of those, but not gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. No, no. How did they try to do an orange fill? Like they were like gonna approve it because it didn't have any of the. Is it iodine in the pink that causes problems or? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's the. Yeah, there's something in there, but anyway, the orange didn't have it, and so like they're like, yeah, we can approve that, no problem. And then I guess a couple of the paint companies are like, oh no, 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 but you know, we all know that GI makes the best orange fill, so I think maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that inf- that you know that old Inferno orange fill is pretty good. See, it's tough. Be, you know, thinking about it, because there's there was a That's lot of good fire. paint back then. Between between that. Evil had a lot, had a good batch. Yes. Um, the white shell. You remember the white shell? Evil? White shell pink fill. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had a cobalt shell with a pink fill that was also. Oh really? Excellent. Yeah. There was a lot of good paint back then. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who we shot when I played on Tipman before we even got to because I know because I know excessive we shot uh, the Drax paint that Hellfire. Yeah, Hellfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Hellfire. Because yeah. I, I remember the dark forest green shell with the orange fill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good dude so So good good. so i want to get your take on this like what do you think about a lighter a a brighter shell um from a player's perspective and let's say from a spectator's perspective i mean i think from a spectator's perspective it's a lot better you know i always thought like if there'd be a way for them to do like the hockey puck where they can highlight the hockey puck and you can see where it's going Mm -hmm. in a hockey game. If they could do that with paint, at least at some point in time where people are shooting so you can kind of see, I'm talking for uh, television sake, see where these guys are shooting. I think that would help. But um, yeah, from a player perspective, I don't particularly like shooting a bright shell paint. And I love when people shoot a bright shell paint at me Mm because I'm just like, Oh, that's just look up. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. You know? Um, but if you get too dark, like I don't like black at all. I do not want to shoot black paint. Yeah. Too dark. You lose your accuracy. Um, you, you, you at least your grouping, you kind of lose your, uh, your adjustments a lot slower. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but I do like, like a dark green or dark purple shell. I think it's good. Yeah. See, I always, I, I've saw the, a concept, um, video that they made with like yellow shell and I was okay. like, man, this would be really great because I hear a lot of people, you know, wanting to do your idea where it's some kind of tracing or, or, or something. But I think in live, like live action, I think the bright yellow shell would work really well and it wouldn't show up. I mean, unless it didn't and that's why they didn't end up going with it. I mean, I don't right. know why the fuck any of these decisions are made or how they're made. But I, right. at least from the video, and I don't think it was slow motion. I mean, it might have been. I don't know. But at least from the video, it was like I was sold. I mean, I was like, yeah, this this would be awesome. Obviously, I wouldn't say it would be easier uh, for the players just from a shooting perspective and, and, and from a uh, from a seeing lanes perspective and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, 
but I think just from a spectator's perspective, I mean, be able to maybe follow the lanes that are being shot or where this guy's shooting, or, you know, if he's shooting inside, you can see exactly what he's, where he's shooting, shooting inside. Right. But I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Well, you remember that old JT paint, the fluorescent, like highlighter, yellow paintball. There was an old JT. I remember Marvelizer. That was like super bright. Yeah. And you could just see this. It was like people shooting highlighter bouncy balls at you and it's just like you could see it from everywhere mm-hmm. and that was actually really cool to see because when you played against it, especially in 10 man like you'd run out and you'd just see this wall of <laughs> neon yellow, yellow rain coming yeah. At you. yeah exactly and you're like oh man that looks awesome so yeah it may work better for spectation as well yeah i think the one thing at least from and you'll understand this you know as a fellow front player uh the gaps that we have to cross that you you can't really you almost have to feel the pressure rather than right. see because you can't really see the pressure of somebody shooting a gap without sh- hitting any bunkers or anything. Right, but it can you be know, tough. you throw in that uh, that highlighter paint and you'll be able to see it a lot more. A lot more, for sure. <laughs> so so you played for the Naughty Dogs for what a season? No, it was more like two and a half seasons. Oh really? Yeah, I played with them for a while. Did you shoot a freestyle? I did not shoot a freestyle. I left right before that happened. We were shooting smart parts um, when I was with them. Dude, there I thought that their intimidators were one of the best looking intimidators. You like the night dog intimidator? I think so, dude. I think the body I think I think they had one of the smallest bodies. Yeah, they um, definitely did that. Yeah. I mean, granted it was a fucking paw print on a marker. Right. But yeah. I, I think the I think as far as aesthetically, I think the milling looked good. I think I think it was a, a nice, tight, clean body. I liked the alias a lot. I the thought the alias. alias was dope. And then uh, the dragon is a classic. I wasn't and a big fan of the dragon. You didn't like the dragon? It's, no, it's a solid I thought... body. Did you shoot one? No. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a solid body. It's like one milled piece, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just there's something about this shot great. That's why I like those. And then uh, the Texas Storm ones I thought were really cool too. We had these like ghost white almost unanodized dust finish on our uh, our storm intimidators and those are really cool too i was always a big fan of like the um the the keep it simple stupid i was always like one of those with like the gz intimidator uh Mm -hmm. i thought was was clean like had nice clean lines yep um but i really really liked the the shock tech ones when they came out i saved Mm -hmm. up a fuck ton of money. I don't even know how much it was, but I know it was a lot at the time. And I had it for like, I don't know, man, a couple months. And I thought it shot like shit. I, it probably could have been me. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to deny that, but, but I ended up getting rid of it. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I mean, fucking markers gotten so much better, dude. It's ridiculous. Oh, they, they have, um, but the CS2 is unbelievable. Like yeah. off the record, Forget sponsorship. That that marker is insane, dude. Dude, insane. That is, is the best gun, hands down, I've ever shot. Period. I have I have limited access to the CS2 when they when they came out. I shot one, just dicked around with it at practice. But I've always been a huge fan of that of the LV series. Those always yeah, you have. You yeah. always like that. You like the uh, egos too, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've been more of a spool valve because I was, you know, I shot, I did shoot an intimidator with Texas Storm, but with Naughty Dogs, I mean, we were shocker. So I got used to kind of that. Yep. The tube. See, and that's the thing. Like for me, one of my favorite markers is just a plain fucking FS or SFT shocker. For sure. Plain body. I think that was the most simple but straightforward marker that you could have as a paintball gun. For sure. Yeah, that was a good one. 
Those Dynasty, do you remember the Dynasty ones? I do remember the Dynasty ones. I thought ones. those were sick. I had one of those for sure. That was really cool. Yeah. Just yeah, that's fun. It's fun to see how all that stuff is different. I'm glad there's no more macro lines anymore. I kind of miss macro lines. <laughs> Do you? Oh, see, I, no, do. I don't. I don't miss. I don't miss like the uh, the having to fuck with it and then random blowouts and you know all that. But I, I just miss like maybe that for me is like oh, a nostalgia yeah. thing that I like. Okay. You know how people I, I shoot autocockers and shit. Like I was like, man, I could use, I could use a macro line right now. <laughs> I don't know how yeah, but, more blowouts. I think in didn't principle, happen. it sounds cooler than it would be. Oh, you'd yeah. be like, ah, oh, it's fucking macro lines in my way all the time. I don't like it. It was never just like the uh, with the LV series when it had that little uh, that little pass through. Uh-huh. I never had a problem with my macro line, but I also back then I shot a. Um, you shoot one handed. That's why. Well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shot a um, uh, when I was shooting. Let's see. I think it was on Avalanche. I shot a CP reg with uh, where the the outlet. I'm sorry, where the inlet was at the bottom. So was and it I on just, the side or was it straight in the bottom? Straight on the bottom, and I had I had a 90 coming right out the bottom, right into the the on off. So it was okay. just a straight shot. So it wasn't like, dude, I don't know how some people had like macro right. lines that were like three feet long, like coming out the yeah. side. I'm like, how are you not snagging that on shit? Well, if you had a Palmer rig, they, the thing came out of the side. So you didn't have a choice. You had to lock that bad boy up on the side. <laughs> just was what it was. You know what I mean? It never yeah. really bothered me either, though. But now that I think about it, it's like you don't have to worry about the blowouts or that mm-hmm. thing leaking, constantly jiggling the connection. Like, God damn, this thing's leaking yep. again. Yeah, because no matter what happens, like whether it be macro line or like – burst disc going or every anything anytime one happened everybody looked back to see if it was their marker yeah i was like oh sure. okay it's yeah. not my <laughs> unlucky sucker yeah for sure oh dude i had a uh, i actually had a steel braided hose on my 98 i was like fuck macro line i'm just putting fucking quick disconnect steel braided on there well yeah you can't put uh racing slicks on a tank dude you had that tank gun you needed a tank line on there you know dude. what i mean the thing was speaking the of cheater uh, 98 <laughs> nah dude okay all right they so, shot fast so, so mine was up with those. i had two i had okay. two i had one which was tiger striped and that one has always and always will be a manual double trigger manual the only thing yeah. i ever did to that was i just ground the sear down a little bit so it, like <laughs> shot a little bit faster but i mean i could walk a manual i could walk that thing and then yeah. i had a um an e-bolt on my seven man series marker later in later like the second year tipman or whatever and that one i swear that one only probably shot 12 probably mm-hmm. but i know guys had guys had like wasp boards and shit and there's and just going ridiculous which was crazy because i feel like they still chopped anyway oh yeah like i didn't want the, i didn't want the chance to chop like, yeah. I already have a 40-pound halo sitting on the side of this marker that's already 40 pounds. Right. And and then you have the tank and everything. I didn't have a drop for it on my tank, so, like, having it was just, like, three yeah, feet out of my Yeah, you got those guys, right? They value that more. Like, I'm same as you. I'd rather shoot, you know, a little bit slower and not worry about breaking paint. Mm-hmm. But I'd also rather shoot a little bit of a harder ball Yeah. versus a super brittle one. But then you have those guys that's like, they want the most brittle shit, and they're okay with breaking paint. Because mm-hmm. they want to shoot the most brittle shit, and some guys are okay with shooting that fast and pushing the edge because that means more to them than yeah. not the paint. Yeah, I was like, nah, 
not happening. No. We're front guys, though, right? That's why. That's you, you know you have like that one shot to shoot the guy, and it's got to be straight. You can't have broken oh, wing it. I love so front. I love front player mentality, and I feel like I, I feel like everybody thinks that front players are all this fucking no-brain, just go forward, do this. But I, there's so much small technical shit that oh, we yeah. have to deal with. And just oh, yeah. so much quick thinking. And, you know, you got, oh, the back players are the most important players on the field. They can see and they can joystick. And I was like, it's like, dude, you're not making decisions for me. You might tell no. me information, but I'm the one making the decisions. And if it's not for me doing these little fucking things. And I, I thought about this, too, uh, last year. Well, I've, I thought I've been thinking about it. But... We do a lot of assists, meaning we go to a lot of really far bunkers that are hard to get to mm-hmm. where people on the other side <laughs> of the field turn their markers and then get their loners or their loaders blown to bits by the right. back guys who get the kill, you know, and get to move easy and get to move and do all yeah. this shit. I was like, look, we, cool. we need at least some kind of like an assist point for that one. Oh, yeah, but for sure. I, but we had our job was so much more than just like locking down a field or doing this or like getting to this spot. Like, you know, number one, staying alive, being as close as we were or right. as close as you are to the to the other team and do the, I've always been one of those people. It's like the closer, the better, like not because, sure. not because I didn't have the confidence in my shot, but because I did have the confidence in my shot and I knew it hurt more the closer <laughs> that you get. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I like getting close too. I mean, yeah, and, and also, you know, you have to like you have all this pressure on you as a front guy. Because yeah. I've I played front all my career, and I'm just now kind of transitioning back to like more of a mid back type position. Right. So I've played both. You know, I've experienced it both. But as a front guy, like the mental strain you have on you from your bunker getting shot all the time, just the pressure of a guy right on the other side of you, and just you know yeah. you're battling two people and making your spot. That much quicker, yeah, and just even getting to your spot, yeah. Yep. So you have all this mental stuff going on, and as a back guy, it's a different kind of thinking. It's more like, you know, well, what can I do to break open a game? What does my front guy need? And you just kind of fall more into that supportive role, and you have a little bit more freedom to think and look around and do things, mm-hmm. which you aren't afforded as a front guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we and you know, and the opportunities that we do get where we're running people down or something, it's it's make or break. It's not really like sit and think about it. It's you have it's that instinctual exactly you have an yeah. inkling you better fucking go otherwise yeah. you know the guy's gonna switch and it's isn't it isn't timing timing is such a funny thing because you try to explain it to you know other players other like you know divisional players and, and players coming up and you try to explain it and coming out of my mouth makes total sense well but it's not timing just go <laughs> not time it is timing but it's instinct more right. so than timing that stuff doesn't – it's not a luck thing at all. You know what I mean? Like you just mm-hmm. – you feel the ebb and the flow of the game, right? Right. And you know when it feels right. And are you always correct? No. But I think most of the time when you get that now's the time just feeling and you just do it and react instantly, most yeah. of the time it works out in my favor. It yeah. works out mostly in your favor. Mm-hmm. Like you have that just kind of feel for it. Yeah. And you can't teach that. There's no, no teaching it. No, and that, I think that's what separates the players, uh, you know, in the beginning, maybe not in the beginning, but you know, as they're finding themselves as a player, that's what separates from. Okay, I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna stay in the back. I'm better at shooting and controlling from back here, and then the players up front who are like have a, an act. And you know, not all front players have it. No, you know, not that's it's a it's a very I don't want to say very rare, but it's a very um, how would you say? I think it's there's there's a small group that are very good. At, right. uh, at at being a really good front player, 
You know, right. and I'm not saying I'm a part of that group. I just think I've I've seen I I, I was able to see things a little bit quicker. And, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't always the same thing. It was always trying. And that, I think that's what I love also about um, when the fields used to be uh, not shown or you we didn't see the fields until mm-hmm. until the tournament. Because there's so many organic moves that can be made that I feel like almost get lost at the first practice on the field. Yeah. And it's and you're trying to recreate that on, you know, fucking Sunday. But by then, all the bounce shots are discovered. The mm-hmm. lockdown, the lockdown positions are discovered. So it's it's mm-hmm. so much more tougher. But um, I, what what do you think about that? About having fields coming out two weeks before? I mean, obviously you're probably used to it. But I mean, yeah. Do you think the do you think that teams who maybe can't afford uh, the time and the paint together uh, because of you know financial reasons or, or or whatever? Do you think that would kind of help benefit them and maybe? give them a little bit more of a um of a of a prop up when the tournament time time comes if everybody sees the field at the same time yeah i definitely think so and i think that it would help develop just the overall skill set of players too just in general because i mean you've seen pretty much the same names in professional paintball i mean we're getting in our late 30s and you still see the same dudes doing this stuff right yeah um but if you didn't have a field, so to speak, to train on, then what do you do? Well, you run drills and individual skill stuff a lot more than what's done now. Right. You know, <clears throat> I go out to my local field, and, and I'm even guilty of it too. I don't run drills like I used to. You know what I mean? I don't go out there and run and gun and snap shoot and shoot lanes and like do all that stuff. And when I was coming up, I, I did that stuff religiously all the time. Yeah. Like I was doing that stuff. But now, like, people show up, they just go play. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, let's throw five together and go out there and play. Go out there and play. And they don't points. develop. Yeah, just play points. And you don't learn much from that as far as your fundamental core set of skills. Yeah. And, and I think that's hindered a lot of players, and they don't take it upon themselves to go off and practice these fundamental skills. Very few do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I think, you know, and I've said this on the podcast uh, before, but I think that that's it's an, another thing that the ramping markers have kind of uh, halted that, desire to really want to get better i mean not that not that kids are not going out and doing those basic things right i feel like obviously there are and and you'll see the ones that are going to succeed and 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 make their way through the ranks but i feel like these the the ramping markers gives this false sense of of um ability you know because they can shoot left-handed with one Mm -hmm. finger and control somebody when it's not really i mean to me it's Obviously, it's controlling somebody, but in my head, I'm like, "That you're fucking cheating. You're ch- it's cheating to be able to to use a ramping gun like that." And do you think that? Do you think that has kind of hindered the uh, the the skill sets of players as far as like the ability to um, just control a marker or, or what? How about this? I, Instead of that, like, what do you prefer? Did you prefer shooting semi-auto, or do you think shooting this ramping thing is like putting everybody? everybody at the same you know all of a sudden everybody's playing at the same plateau yeah no i think it i think it definitely it it doesn't it brings up the skill of the lower players and it and it levels the playing field right if you're shooting mm-hmm. full up it does um true semi is my favorite remember how fun that was Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, that was the dumbest thing ever whoever invented that i hope you just uh oh man have some bad karma coming from putting this. How did that even rough. like? How did that get through to like I don't know. the a tournament? You know I mean, what I mean? Because the concept was good, but they never did any like 
research and development. Did you ever get these to test out like long time prior to work out the kinks and say, how did this work? No, no. It's like every gun manufacturer made their own board. And so who <laughs> their own true that? semi. Yeah. And I don't remember who it was, but Eclipse was like, you know, Eclipse has always been like very by the book and like rigid. And we're going to do things the right way and by the rules and we're not going to cheat and all that. So our stuff was like exactly how it was written in code. Sure. And then you had another manufacturer and these guys are ripping their guns. You pick up one of their guns and you're like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's nice. And yeah. if you do ours, it's like, bop, 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 bop. and I'm like, oh man, I can't do it. But that was the worst thing ever. Anyway. That was Dallas too. And then throw in the weather. Yes. Oh, God, that was worse. All right, let's not talk about that. <laughs> that's, that's all it deserves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I know I definitely think you're right about the, um, you know, being able to shoot left-handed as well as somebody who's trained in that art and whatnot. Um, but if you remember, Kyle, this all came about because of cheating to begin with, right? Right. That's why they did this was because people were finding ways to cheat and go full auto, have modes on their guns, whatever the case was, to cheat the system to where no one was really shooting true semi. Mm -hmm. You had these zero debounce wasp boards and all these things that were adding shots, and so basically you're shooting a fully automatic gun. Yeah. And some guns were better than others, so if you had one of the good guns, you probably won a little bit more than the guys that didn't have any modes on their guns and whatever. Yeah. And so like I just think they they tried this robot thing that malfunctioned and didn't work. <laughs> I remember that too. Yeah. You know, it's just like come on. So they're just like, all right, fine. Everybody shoots ten and a half, and we can hear if it doesn't sound right which you can yeah you know, oh yeah the local field and you're like god damn that guy's ripping you go look at his gun uncapped in the semi you know like god <laughs> bless dude yeah uh, i i see why they did it yeah i'm used to it, it doesn't bother me and i you know i yeah. think that um you're able to make spots a little bit better now that it's uh you know 10.2 or whatever because mm -hmm. you remember when people were shooting 15 it's like you had to say a prayer and 10 Hail Marys and hope that Jesus was going to float you to the corner because these guys are shooting, yeah. you know, 15, 20 balls a second at you, a full auto and a freaking rope. And it's like, yeah. oh, God, help me. But guys made it. And, and there were less bunkers on the field, too. Yes, which is insane. Right? I look back insane. and I'm like, dude, there's five bunkers on each side. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And people you are making need... it and they're playing. Yeah. Remember the small X's, the mini X's and everything? I mean, Those they were, were fun. Yeah. It's, and it's. You know, I always think about it because I, I obviously do not know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, I don't know the an I don't know the answers. You know, I just know what I believed was the best style of game. I believe that there's technology now where you can you can have guys shoot semi-auto and be able to detect it. I mean, there, there's there's ways to do it. I guarantee it. But we we were so wrapped up in the 10-2 thing. It's a level playing field, which at the pro level shouldn't be a fucking level playing field. It right. that's another story. Whatever. But but um. You know, Maybe it, it's like NASCAR, right? Where you restrict the car and it's kind of like, you know, who's the best driver? Who's the best artist? Like there's no – don't worry about the mechanics of pulling your trigger or whatever. Mm -hmm. Who is the best driver out here? Who is the best player? So, I mean, I kind of like it in a sense. Because yeah. you don't have to worry about, you know, somebody having a better brand of marker or worse brand. You know what I mean? Because that happened a lot too. But, I mean – but but but. I think because I always get a lot of shit because people are like oh shooting fast isn't a skill. I was like no, well you got to learn how to do it. So I, it's yeah, a it's skill. definitely a skill. 100%. And yeah, and I, I think that um, I think it's just being like one kind of with your mark. At least at least for me, it was like knowing that I had to be the one to physically shoot. It's it's almost like how I feel shooting mechanical stuff. Right. It's like you just have that satisfaction of. At least for me, every ball you know, you you're putting a ball exactly where you want it mm -hmm. every time. Like you're the right. one doing that shit. 
I, and it's it, better to snap with that too. I oh, prefer so much snap better. shoot with semi because you like blah, like a three burst, like it's ooh. <laughs> yeah, you know it's what nasty. I mean? Like you get that three burst out there real quick. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely like that part of it for sure. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm I, I'm digging the mechanical stuff just because it feels more just feels more natural. I'm shooting just as much paint in mechanical as I was fucking <laughs> you know yeah. when I played anyway. Which is, true. I look back now, as, I don't know if it, it probably hurt my team with me not shooting as much. But it, I, I don't know. It was, like a, it was like a play style for me. But you saved all that money. You know what I mean? Right? I, I just, you know, I tried to keep it, you know, I was on yeah, a budget. Affordable. I was on a, a budget, yeah. <laughs> Bruno pay. gave me half a case for the tournament, and I had to right. make it count. Right? And half a gun, too. And half a you gun. You had to get back at the end of the season. Exactly. See? Right. You just, never gets old. Right. Love you, Bruno. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's weird not seeing him around anymore. Like he he yeah. was actually helping aftermath out at the last event. That's what I heard, which was interesting. Yeah, because the coach of aftermath is also a wild man, like Bruno. Yeah, passion, a lot of passion in those guys. For sure, and mm-hmm. that's like I don't know if that's like a perfect chemistry combination or if that's something that's going to explode. It could <sighs> go. Yeah, that's a coin flip. <laughs> yeah, freaking coin flip. Yeah, but it was good to see him back uh, out there, and it's weird to not see an aftershock logo out there, um, a story team when I was growing up. Mm-hmm watched you know i remember billy Suransky came down to our field when i was playing on fuel and he was working at the time for national paintball supply or i think it was them at the time yeah and so he came down and he was playing for aftershock and we all just thought he was the coolest dude in the world first pro player we ever met he was super down to earth um fantastic player and it was just super cool to all of us so we all became aftershock fans because of yeah. him um yeah so it's just weird not to see you guys out there yeah it's tough man it, it, you know it's you know, I wanted to, you know, it's not that I think Aftershock should be out there. I just, I wish we would, could, could have done better, but I think the situations, the situation that we were in, you know, if we, if I think if we were able to play a little bit, you know, play some pro teams and get the team acclimated to each other, it's just, it's, it shows how tough it really is to, to compete at that level and, and to be yeah. relevant. Very tough. And for you sure. guys, and you guys are doing it like you've doing it for ever. We have been doing it forever. Not as not as good as we've been doing it now, but we've been <laughs> trying to do it forever. Mm-hmm. So what's crazy, you know? That's my momentum thing. I think I don't know. Yeah, no, I think so too. I mean, what, you get kind I, of a swagger about yourself. What's that? You get kind of a swagger about yourself when you start winning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that little bit of fear you had about something, or like, you know, Impact had our number forever. You know what I mean? And it's like they just did. They would just beat us all the time. Yeah. And it, it, always in the back of people's minds. I don't care what you say. It's always back there just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, fucking Impact again. Yeah. I don't want to draw Impact, but we drew Impact, whatever. Yeah. I don't have that at all anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like they have that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had their number in the past few times. We've been producing. And I just, and so now that you're like the bully, the schoolyard bully, you kind of like feed off of that. And it's like, all right, yeah, you know, y'all should be scared of us. Yeah. You thought the first one was a fluke or whatever. You got lucky. Boom, come out, do it right again. Beat all the best teams. Yeah. You got an easy draw? No, we got to go through, you know, Russians twice at the last event. That ain't no gimme. That's yeah. Or who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to beat Heat at this one. Had to beat AC Dallas, who's been playing great. You know what I mean? Like, so we, we had to beat Impact right out the gate in Sunday. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's good to have that. Um, we've, we've proven ourselves to our to ourselves, most importantly, and to everybody out there. They're like, we're here to play, dude. I mean, yeah. we got our eyes on World Cup. We're going to be training hard. We want that bad. I'm telling you, like, that's a series championship. That's a World Cup title. That's three in a row. Not many teams have done three in a row. Yeah. I got lucky to do three in a row because I went over and played with Impact in Europe, which is awesome. 
but I want three in a row with my team, and I want a series title. Yeah. So we're coming. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, you guys have all the tools to do it. I, I agree. Mean, it's 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 yours for the taking, man. And, you know, I, I always thought about this, too, when, when uh, teams and players were like, oh, we got a hard bracket. Oh, we got an easy bracket. I was like, dude, nobody out there is a sleeper, man. There, you you cannot sleep on any team out there. Nobody. Anybody could beat anybody, especially uh, especially when um, you know. I think when uh, when Saturday hits, I think Saturday is such a huge day that you know everybody's like, oh Sunday, you know Sunday. No Saturday, man. Saturday's the Saturday lets you know whether or not you go on if you're good right. enough. You got to win a tournament on Saturday. Teams yeah, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always been. Uh, I always loved Saturday, man. Saturday was good because I was I was warmed up, felt good. Mm-hmm. You kind of yep. you have a good inkling of how the field's gonna play out. Right. I, I missed. I missed uh, playing Saturdays. Well, I miss right now playing Saturdays. Yeah. For sure, I miss you playing Saturdays. <sighs> I, I Not Sundays guys, though. Man. Had so many tough games since aftershock on Sundays, <laughs> or just in general. Like we've had a, such a storied rivalry not like a mean rivalry because mm-hmm. it's always been we've always rooted for each other i feel at least i've always rooted for aftershock and i always felt that aftershock rooted for us and yeah we always had grinders it was like yeah it's gonna be overtime who's gonna win this time because we know it's gonna yeah, come to that dude. it's going to overtime just get ready we had a lot of those and i think you know whenever somebody thinks of aftershock uh you know they think of all the losses right and obviously a loss is a loss whether it's one right. or whether it's 20 if if you if people actually go back, we we had some we had to eat some shit a, a few times, but there were a lot of games where we went to overtime or it was a one point match. Absolutely, and and I and I dude, and it was against you guys. It was against Heat. It was I mean, it was top level teams, and it was dude, such good games, dude, such good games, such good games. Yeah, I mean, many a times I'm hoping that you guys beat somebody a top seed so we could sneak into a finals. I'm like, oh man. After I got a chance, that was just a chance. Uh, <laughs> overtime, oh, they lose by one. Ah. Uh, dude, it, yeah. it was okay. so much fun. It was It's fun playing against guys like yourself. Um, just because uh, it's always a puzzle, man. I'm always trying to figure you guys out. I mean, obviously, I know how you play. But right. once you get on the field, it's such a mind fuck because it's like, you know, I don't know what you guys are going to do. I have an idea. Right. But, I mean, I don't know what you guys are going to do. I try and change it up and, and not be – I try and be a little bit more spontaneous and – Dude, it was fucking it was playing fun man it was just playing was fun. fun for sure so what's uh so what's in it for you i mean obviously you have the rest of this year and a you know big focus coming into world cup but um i mean do you plan on playing for for a while or is there i'm not i'm not asking for a a, a retirement you know yeah yeah sure or anything like that but i mean like what as far as your, how your body feels your your mental state uh where do you see colt roberts in in uh in the future for paintball you know i always say that i you know oh yeah i feel older when I, I feel great dude honestly i got bangs and bruises and little things here and there um but i feel good man i feel like i'm playing as good as i've ever played right now i feel like my game's on um getting to transition back into that two role which yeah. is great for me um it's been awesome to have jesse stevens step up and kind of be the one player that he needs to be mm-hmm. um and playing behind him, you know, he'd go out there, kill a couple people, and I know how to attack, so I can finish up right through there. So it's it's kind of the next transition in my career, and I feel good, and I think that uh, and I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. I will say it's going to be hard if we go win three in a row, World Cup, and the series title. 
because that's like the Peyton Manning or yeah, you know what I mean. I think you just added five years onto your play if you go win World Cup. And it might be that too because I'm a greedy <laughs> bastard, dude. Like, ah, I'm gonna get shit. We could do oh, this again. We could, yeah, we got this next year. We'll win them all next year. We only won three this year. That wasn't shit. Let's go five in a row, you know. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a very good possibility that'll be that. And as long as, you know, I feel good, my wife's super supported, my my parents are the biggest fans in the world, so they love watching. Um, I probably at least got another couple years in me. And I'll always be part of the sport. I love yeah. to coach. I absolutely love to coach. Um, I've been coaching uh, some local teams here. Actually, one of the kids that uh, I had quite a bit of coaching with, Jay McIntyre, is overplaying right now with the under-19 team in Amsterdam with the mm-hmm. USA All-Star team. So, um it's good to see those kids have some success and I, I just love giving because I've done it right. It's mm-hmm. one thing to do it, but it's just, it's to me so much more rewarding to teach somebody and to see them do it. Yeah. To me, that's more rewarding than me doing it. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely continue to coach and do things of that nature. I think, I think as a player, like even doing just doing clinics, um, you know, it's kind of comparison to, to, you know, coaching, uh, you know, teams coming up and players coming up. But I think what's so cool and what's so um, kind of drawing to that is that you you know that you can do it, right? You've done it. You know, you, right. you know your mindset and your way of going about the game and how you think about it and your physical ability will got you to where you are now. And if you can just take that and assert that onto, you know, this little piece of clay that hasn't has nowhere to go yet and you kind of just mold it into the thing and you go see them apply exactly what you kind of you know dug into their head it's such it's such a payoff even just like i did a clinic and i saw kids improving just in a few small drills you're like feels so good man it does it's yeah. great. And they feel good about themselves too. So it's just infectious yeah. because they can feel it. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like you ask them like, how do you feel now? You feel like you're playing a little bit better. And like, yeah, I feel great. And it's like, well, you look great. You're like you guys have improved in two hours. Now think if you actually applied yourself and did these drills on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. how good you could get, you know what I mean? And it's like an aha moment for them and the light bulb goes off and they're like, oh, that's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I agree with you. I get a lot of pleasure out of doing stuff like that. And, you know, thinking about it, too, I, I think that's another, uh, you know, we were talking about earlier in the podcast of like uh, of me coming back and playing and um, just doing those simple things that you're talking about, like like going and doing the drills and the things when nobody's watching um, and, and the, the extra mm-hmm. besides the, the practices. That's another reason why I just I don't think I could do it because of I, I can't dedicate the time that um X Factor, uh, Russian Legion, Impact, all those guys and teams are. I can't, I can't dedicate as much time. Yep. And if I don't do that, I feel like I'm cheating whatever team I'm playing for, because yeah. I because I'm not a hundred percent on the field, and right. I might be able to do that that ninety percent, but that last percent is going to show the the longer the tournament goes on, and. Uh, you know that I think that's that's why also why I'm not playing, and I think I think it takes kids getting obsessed with it and going out and doing the drills twenty minutes before uh, the you know a practice happens and twenty minutes after the the, the practice yep. happens and if and and doing those clinics and teaching those kids and and instilling that in them and seeing that happen is just it's yeah it's like you said it's, it's so cool to see yeah. That's good. Well, at least you time you still get a piece of it too. You don't have to dedicate all the time you would, but you still get to. Mm-hmm. You're involved in the sport, and you know you're doing very much what I would imagine I would be doing, 
when I'm no longer playing, you know, you're still active in the community. You're still giving clinics. You're still enjoying that piece of it. And that that's super rewarding. And that's cool. And you got a baby, not a baby anymore. I was going to say toddler. (laughs) Two of them. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, it's crazy. But you know what? I mean, this, this right here is one of the number one things that keeps me, keeps me in the sport. Um, you know, and, and if I can continue to do this and be able to talk to uh, to interesting people like yourself to hear hear their side and their opinions and and be able to open my mind on different ideas about the game than than what I thought. I mean, that's going to keep me going. Right. And and I, I really, really plan on, on, on keeping it going. Well, we're glad to have you. I'm glad you're keeping it going. Yeah, me too, dude. I'm it's 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 so cool and I tell this everybody too, uh every, you, everybody that I have on. It's like you you get that layer, you know, obviously I've known you for a long time, but we've never I mean this is the longest we've ever talked. You know for what sure. I mean? So it's like you yeah. have that I I know you and and I can approach you, I can have a conversation with you and that's a, like yeah. that that one layer. And then doing right. things like this, not only myself, but everybody who listens kind of gets to see that that deep inner fudge cake that you have down there that's right. that's super nutritious and knowledge and everything and and, and, a, and the real personality that you are and people Full get to see that and booze <laughs> and no fudge in here no fudge. <laughs> just all bad stuff ah old, old and gristly <laughs> but yeah this is the longest we've talked for sure it's been good yeah and and we've been teammates yeah, so but I still, but I always felt like we had like we were always cool, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're always like I would always look for you and be like I need to say what's up to Carl because I like Carl, and so it was always like I always felt like we had that kind of relationship, even though we didn't, you know, call each other every night and talk about yeah. you know bedtime stories and whatnot. But I always felt like you were a guy I would look for specifically to say what's up to because I liked you, personality wise. So I appreciate it doesn't surprise that, me that we're able to talk easily. Yeah, yeah, because I, I same thing going to you, man. Whenever I saw you, I was like made sure he sees me made sure yep. i say hi yep. all right we'll, we'll right? see you in either a half hour or tomorrow and i'll say hi again and we'll right yeah and then i'll see too. you in about three months oh and my then god we'll yeah. say hi again is that funny too like how many times like through a tournament too you'll see somebody and you'll just give a little nod like high it'll five. happen to you yeah, a high five dude i love the high fives man that's good and it's just but yeah you've been playing with these people forever against mm-hmm. or with and like there's a mutual respect on on almost all fronts yeah which is cool yeah, I think it's because we're, you know, it's, it's exactly that. It's that respect because you know we've you're playing with against other guys who've gone through the trenches. It might not have been the same trenches that you have been, right. but you went, you have had this constant grind forever. And it's yeah, it's exactly that, man. It's it's that respect factor, right? That's so cool. I mean, where do you see, you know, and thinking about it too you know, going into that and being able to see each other and how paintball and the pros, um, are so accessible at tournaments and whatnot. And you, you see them all the time. Um, I really wish that every event vending area and, and, and player area was like world cup. Uh, I remember when it used to be like that. I mean, do you see, do you see it going that way where the events get, get bigger and bigger or as far as, uh, teams go and, and, and people walking through, or do you just kind of see it, uh, I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, do you see yeah. it getting as big as it used to be? I don't know. That's hard to say. Um, I think they're trying. I think they're doing some stuff that's good. I mm-hmm. think we're back on that track. Um, I think it's just been, you know, peaks and valleys, one step forward, two steps back, or two steps forward, one back type deal. Yeah. And um, it's hard to say, man. Until we figure out how to televise this and make it viable for advertising, it's just there's not going to be money in it. When there's not money in it, 
it's not going to grow. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just feel like we need an outside sponsor, a Red Bull, a Budweiser, a Coca-Cola, someone big to come take it and say, you know, this is cool. It's exciting, which we all know it is. You guys can't televise it correctly, but we have the idea and we're going to make it happen Mm -hmm. and to put the money into it and just say, you know what? Yeah, it may cost us whatever, $2 million this year to make this shit work. Right. But it's an untapped market and you could just come and own the whole thing if you did it right because it's a super awesome sport. You know, people love to play. People love to watch it in person. Mm -hmm. Anybody that I've ever brought to one of my events that's never seen anything, they're like, man, that's super cool watching it in person. Yeah. You sit there and show them a webcast and it's just like. It's tough. Snow for Snorefest, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's tough. You don't get the feeling that you get when you're watching a live game. You still yeah. get it. Yep. So until they figure that out, it's going to be the same, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. I agree. And um, I, yeah, I really hope they they figure it out soon because we have, I mean, the abilities with Facebook and and all these streaming capabilities, dude. It's, I don't know. That's the technology's there. I think the 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 chance is there because th- this is. I think this is the biggest chance that we have to get to the eyeballs that could really turn paintball mm. for the. I mean, I want to say the better. I would. I would think it would be for the better if if somebody you know, you know, Pepsi, fucking Nike, whoever, really digs in and 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 tries to pull the sport forward. But I mean, obviously, so somebody's other hard. Yeah. Because, you know, when, you know, you have like paintball manufacturers and they've kind of controlled the industry and run the tournaments and it's just kind of, but that's not big business. You know what I mean? You get one of these heavy hitters come in and it's like, piss on you. What do you got? You know, we're a billion dollar company. Yeah. Fuck you. I don't care what you think. You've been doing it for 20 years. You ain't done shit right. So step to the side and we're going to run it this way. And this is how it's going to be done. You want to be a part of it or not? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. And I'm not sure that something to that nature hasn't already happened. And they're just like, oh, no, you know, we'll keep control of what we got. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. I'm not behind the scenes. I have speculation that that may have happened. But I, yeah. I just know that they're going to want to do it the way they want to do it because it's their money. God, that's true. And it's such a tough pill to swallow because, I mean, you're 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 talking about people's livelihoods. Right. Um, and, and, and same thing for me, man. It's all speculation for me. It's not like I'm behind the scenes talking to everybody too, but us talking about this, how many years from when we first thought it was going to take off and, yeah. and go from there. It's like, I can't imagine that that hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, uh, what, what do you think about the, the bunkers on the field? The, the bigger bunkers? I mean, the new you... kit. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. You like, like the, rid of the that size wall. is good. Oh well, yeah, the the wall. Yeah, but um, do you do you like how big everything is still, and how many drop, bunkers there are? Drop the wedges about three inches so I can see over them. <laughs> then it would be perfect. Yeah, but they're a little tall for me. But no, I think they're great. They're dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're big, but they're not huge, and so you have a lot of you know you can put them in a bunch of different places, a bunch of different shapes, which we've seen all season. Yeah, and I think they're fun to play. And, you know, they are big, so they're powerful, but at the same time, they kind of bulge a bit. So you still got to be, right. you know, you, you got to play them right. It's not just a freebie getting this giant fortress and I'm living forever. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a cool kit. Way better than the wall. I hated the wall. Yeah. Yeah, the wall was, yeah, the, the wall. But, and the thing <clears> is, <throat> what I'm afraid of with the kit is because you have a good amount of bunkers that are tall and wide, that a potential wall field could happen and then maybe 
not that they're gonna run out of ideas because we've had how many fucking fields um right but i'm just afraid because like uh did i play this last field i don't know it's it's, it seems to at least lap me yeah i think it was chicago like it seemed really easy to get up the middle it was almost like a wall feel where where people were in the middle fairly quickly and then running through to get out but i mean i guess but it wasn't such a blind fortress right right it wasn't like it was dynamic because you had, you know, yes, could you get there on break? Sure. Was it powerful? Sure. But you had so many different spots that you could play and get creative. Like you saw guys jumping over these legs and getting clean bunkers on the guy on the other side and living. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it's like, okay, we're going to run to the wall and then we're going to run out and we're going to bunk each other and then we're going to be off the field. Like that was always a uh, have to we're be gonna... option number one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, this team plays the wall. Well, we got to send somebody up there to go clean them out. So mm-hmm. they run up there shooting, and then, oh, well, you know. You trade, yeah. Right. And so it was just like the same shit over and over. But I think on this particular field, you saw a lot of cool moves. You saw guys jumping in, going to the other team's side, shooting people in the 50 snake, mm-hmm. living, falling back. You know, it, it was just super creative. And I thought fun. it was fun to watch. Yeah. And that's why LJ and Rainey did so good up there is because that's kind of like their knack. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I think it's also because you guys are wearing those sick JT, JT goggles. They are sick. Andrew, uh, yeah. We look clean. And the color, I'm sorry, but dude, that, that teal blue is just, it looks so good. They're pretty nasty. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, dude, I was. You need, you need one. You have like an empty spot. I'm looking at your back. I do. See where that tiger stripe is hanging? I do need one. a spot for a Colt Roberts jersey. Ooh. I think I have a Carl Markowski jersey that I could probably. I would definitely be interested in that. Let's do it. I'm down. Okay. We'll talk after this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um what uh who did you follow when you when you were growing up and playing or or even now who you like to watch? Like who do you who who did you follow and who do you currently like to watch in the game? Uh, when I first started playing, it was Dixon and his cousin Steven cuz they were front guys. I liked their style. They were quick, fast snap shooting. That was at the ultimate local level mm-hmm. before I knew about true professional paintball. Yeah. And then a guy named Mark Ayers, and you may not know, you may know him because he used to work for National and Key. That sounds familiar. They called him Mark Red Pants. He played on <laughs> Far Side. He played on Texas Storm. But that guy, I would watch him play locally, and he would just like do the most creative, cool shit. He'd like go to the other teams, like a spot nobody would play. He would mm-hmm. go to their side on that spot and like shoot people and he would run through and bunker people and it wasn't like a norm at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dude, that dude's bad, bro. He's cold. I want to be like that guy. I want to go through and stuff people just like this dude. Yeah. And so I used to always watch him and I just had mad respect for him and super like he's like one of those, oh, oh, you know, whatever. I'm not that, you know what I mean? Just super humble, yep. thinks he's terrible, oh, whatever. I'm just but a murderer. Nice the... guy. Murderer. <laughs> yeah. And so I love watching him. Um, Obviously, Oliver, everybody has to respect Oliver's game. Um, he's always been fantastic. His uh, creativity and just command of the field was mm-hmm. always something that I wanted to emulate. And now I think that, um, oh, man, who now is really good? I mean, there's a bunch of good players. I think that, uh, you know, Billy on our team, as far as a snake guy, like I watch Billy play and I'm just like, he is what you want in a snake guy. If mm-hmm. I could build a snake guy, I would build Billy because he just knows his job. He always gets in his spot and he always kills people. It's great conditioning too. And nasty. And he's, yeah. yeah. And he doesn't even like, he's not like some Jack dude that works out every day and is posting fitness videos. Like he's just, I don't know. He's just Northeast tough, I guess. He's just, you know what I mean? He's great. Yeah. 
So like Billy's one of my favorites to watch. Um, Burdnikov for the Russians is mm-hmm. just ridiculous. Just watching what he does and how he does it, it's insane. Um, so he's fun to watch just from a creativity standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, I really like the way uh, J Rab plays. Uh, since I've started to play the two more, uh, and obviously playing against twos all my life, I know what guys are good and what guys aren't, and I know what styles are tougher to beat than others. And like, he's just got a really good feel for that two position. He doesn't overextend. He doesn't pick bad fights. He's always communicating. He knows how to play the one role really well. He just he's a really good gunfighter and just smart. And so, like, I I try and watch him and see kind of what he's doing on a lot of fields because he's he's kind of plays that two role as well as anybody in the game right now. So Mm -hmm. I think that's probably, I mean, there's a a ton I could, I could name a thousand players and I'm like, man, that guy's really good. That guy's really good. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a bunch of really good players in the league right now. Yeah. Oh dude, everybody's insane. Um, you know, thinking back, you know, I say the same thing as far as creativity goes. Like I, I I like to watch Oliver. Are you there? Maybe I'm still here. Oh, there you are. Okay. There we are. Okay. Right. <laughs> I lagged for a bit. Um, what about you? For, so in the beginning, um, when I f- first started coming up and, and watching the pros, I think I, re- I had a an attachment to Dynasty uh, just because they were young more than anything. I felt like they were kids. They were closest to my right. age. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. I want to I wanna be like them. And he started kind of picking out the ones. But I followed Oliver. I liked his creativity. But I liked I liked Angel. Angel's dope. Angel Angel's was dope. such a killer, dude. Total killer. And you know, whether it be Seven Man or X Ball, mm. I feel like his style and his form, the way he played, was just like rock solid. Yeah, rock Angel solid. Was and a cool ass dude. Yeah, he had a he had an intimidation to his play style. I I thought like he because well, he, he didn't was, say shit to you. What's that? He didn't say shit. Oh, quiet as fuck. Yeah, he just went out there and did it. So you knew the dude was like, he wasn't going to mouth off to you. He wasn't going to say shit. He was just going to go out there and he was going to come fuck you up probably. Yeah. Dude, he was Yeah, he was one that I watched later on because obviously Oliver was the name. But then right. like as you get to kind of know the team because you nerd out a little bit and then you, I started going through the ranks and then started to like really follow. Because I think as a as a fellow player, like you, you look at these styles coming up, and you see all these styles that have gotten these guys to where they are, and you really kind of, and you're finding your own too. You're kind of honing in on it, and um, being able to to see Angel play, I think he has almost, he almost had, I feel, a bigger impact on me than what Oliver did. Uh, right, just watching, just because he was just so tight on everything. I think he was, he, I think he was an underrated player too. Hundred percent. Very underrated. Yeah, I think he was he was a good reason for their success. I think, but again, not amongst peers. Like you ask anybody that knows anything about anything, like is Angel good? Like fuck yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. nasty. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we all know. Mm-hmm. Maybe the world doesn't know because he's not stuck on a billboard or a freaking magazine cover with you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But we know the dude's dirty. You know, there's a bunch of guys like that. Yeah, and there's dudes that are just flat out nasty that get absolutely no credit for what they do. Yeah, yep, happens. That's great, man. So, uh, what uh, what have your careers been? If you don't mind me asking, what have your careers been uh, to allow you to play so much? Uh, are you in? You were in sales, I think, last time I talked to you. I'm still in sales. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
what was I doing when I first started playing paintball? I was going to college. I was working part time at two different jobs. I was working at uh, my uncle's staff leasing company, mm-hmm. um, just doing some clerical work there. And then um, I was working at a nightclub in San Antonio and going to college. So that's what I was doing. So, I, you know, I was a kid. I could do whatever the hell I wanted. Right. I didn't have a real career at that time. Um, then I started working for a temporary um, employment agency. And, um, you know, just up front, <clears throat> I actually was working for my, my dad in kind of a part-time gig after college. Uh, it was college summer. And so I was building this office building and uh, built the building for the lady. And she was opening a temporary employment, like a manpower type company. And she had hired this girl or whatever, and it was just her and this office girl that was the staffing coordinator. Um, and I was building the office. So I was there one day about a week after they opened, and I was doing some finish out, like you know, touching up some paint and just finishing the building so that they could get all moved in and be done. And she came to me because I had built a rapport with her over the months that I had been building, finishing out the interior of this office. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, my office girl is leaving um, to go to Mexico for two weeks and, you know, we're only open for two weeks. She, you know, she's already leaving. She's got to go with her family emergency. Would you mind covering? And I was like, yeah, whatever. Cause I was just finishing up that job and then I was pretty much done. Yeah. And so she had me covered for those two weeks and I just, she liked me. And so she called that girl and said, Hey, you know what? Don't no need to come back. And so I took that job. Nice. And so I did, uh, Hiring, firing, payroll, all that stuff for a uh, temporary uh, employment agency. So I would do interview candidates and place them at different jobs, basically. I was called mm-hmm. a staffing coordinator. Did that for a little while. And, you know, before I took that job, I told her, I was like, hey, dude, I'm playing paintball. It's my passion. It's what I do. So she's like, yeah, no problem. You can just give me the schedule up front and I'll block those days out for you. No big deal at all. Super cool with it. I did that job for like uh, four years. Um, and then I was an air conditioning technician after that for five years. And my cousin owned that company, same type of deal when I took that job. I, I've just always been up front with all my companies. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I do this. I want to do this. I'm going to work hard for you. I don't call in sick. I show up to work. I get my shit done. But I have this thing going on. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, hey, you know, no water, whatever. Just give us a second. They all kind of just want the schedule up front so they know when to expect you out. Yeah. And it hasn't been a problem. And, um, now I'm doing uh, sales for an electrical distributor, and uh, I sell basically electrical parts and automation parts out to oil and gas uh, companies down here in Texas. So Nice. And there's a lot of those. A lot of those, yeah. <laughs> and the company's been super cool. Um, I work for a fantastic company, and so, yeah, they, they're super cool with me. And they love it. They think it's cool. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I appreciate it. I had, I had a great time, yeah. man. Yeah, me too. It was cool kind of get to getting to have more than like a five-minute conversation with you. I'll make sure and nod and high five you next time. Yeah, I see you. There you go. Yeah, we'll see hey, you. Well, maybe thanks, Carl. ICC next year. We'll figure it out. Do something. Uh, I don't know. We got our asses kicked at this last one, so I don't know if I want to do it again. Oh, oh, come on. I'm it's, just kidding. You it's know so much know. fun, dude. <laughs> if not, I'll go play for Infamous or somebody. There you go. If they'll have me. I, I got to say the same thing. I hope they'll have me for next year. Yeah. At least. It was fun. Dude. Are, you pl- are you playing the Orlando event? No. Couldn't do it. I couldn't either. It's family I was stuff. Cat factory, but I yeah, have... yeah. I had a few a few people calling me about it, but I was just like, I just I can't. I have yeah. when you started like scheduling family stuff, you know, I was like, I've been selfish enough, selfish enough, right? Like, yeah, no, I, yeah, I just yeah. can't. It's fun. Though. But thank but you, let's man. Let's work out um, that jersey. I'll send oh, yeah. you one. Just okay. Text me your address. I'll send it to you. And if you got one, you want to send me. That's cool. If not, that's okay. It's we'll gonna be a we'll gift anyway. Swap. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
All right, man. Well, uh, where can people much. where can people find you? Uh, follow you? Keep up with you? Um, any video game. My name's Coltimus, so you probably find me anywhere in there. And uh, my Instagram is also at Coltimus, C-O-L-T-I-M-U-S, and Colt Roberts on Facebook. But uh, Instagram's where I post most of my paintball content. Boom. Yep. There it is. Thank you, sir, right, man. I, re- I really appreciate it, man. Anytime. Talk to you later, Carl. Thank you, Colt, for sitting down and chit-chatting with me, bro. I had a great time. Dude, it's such a great story, such a great dude. I, I, I You know, I, I've been wanting to have him on for a while, and he just ups his game, I feel, every single tournament. He just seems better, sharper. That guy has definitely shot me a lot during my career, for sure. <laughs> but uh, but he's a great he's a great dude, man. Um, so thank you, Colt. Also, big shout-out to our sponsors uh, of this podcast, Dizana, D-Y-Z-A-N-A, uh, sports.com. If you check them out and you use promo code capital T-P-O-P-10, you'll get 10% off your order, whether it be jogger pants, gloves, T-shirts, um, tank top, beanie, whatever, whatever your little heart desires. Make sure you check them out. They also do custom work. Let them know that I sent you over there. Carl from the Playing On Podcast. So appreciate it, Dizana. We're also brought to you by Melavio, the CBD that you need in your life. I promise you. Make sure you use capital TPOP for 15% off your entire order, whether you want gummies, whether you want honey, whether you want uh, the the oils, or they, ha- they even have dog treats. They have dog treats. I'm giving them to my dog right now, and he seems like a little, happy, four-legged, hairy person right now. He is so happy to be eating these. They probably taste pretty good. I didn't taste one. But he acts like they taste really good. So, uh, so yeah, they have all kinds of products, guys. Uh, whether it be uh, the THC-free kind or they also have the legal limit 0.3% uh, THC products. Check them out, guys. Melovio, M-E-L-L-O-V-O dot com. We are also brought, brought to you by Charm City Paintball. Uh, as you guys heard in the, in the beginning of the ads... Dude, Charm City, Mike, he is just, he's killing it in the headband game. He's killing it in the head wrap game. And if you are anybody out there who has one of his products, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't, then you need to. Because everybody's in the market for headband. I'm telling you, paintball players, dude, y'all go through markers like it's going out of style. I'm telling you, what's always going out of style is headgear. So Mike is always keeping up with the times. He has all kinds of stuff. I have a, a, a few things from him that are just, they're, they're, they're great, man. The quality, the, the quality of work and the materials and everything that he uses is, is awesome. And he just does really, really good work. Make sure you check him out on Facebook as well as Instagram. And give him a shout, man. Support your local paintball. Whether it be headbands, whether it be CBD, or whether it be custom gear, support your local paintball group, or your or your support your local online paintball group <laughs> on the internet. But yeah, thank you to all our sponsors. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support this podcast, uh, I have a Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/ThePlayingOnPodcast. If you would like to contribute at all, uh, anything is greatly appreciated. The support has been amazing throughout these past few years. I, I really enjoy all of the uh, all the feedback, all the suggestions, 
and just I really enjoy all you listening and and really just enjoying the podcast. That's that's the main thing for me. So thank you guys so much for listening. Please don't text and drive. Make sure you guys pay attention. Keep your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road and listen to podcasts just like this one. So appreciate it, everybody. Have a good one. And we'll see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.